Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Penelope Learns a Lesson About Victimhood. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! The name of last week's hymn was Calvary Covers It All from the story Penelope Pouts. But we didn't have a winner. Maybe this week we will. Now, let's get to this week's story. Penelope learns a lesson about victimhood. Penelope was sitting at the short table at church next to Nora Thompson, her best friend. Sunday school hadn't begun yet, and they were working hard on their crossword puzzles. All of the clues had to do with a Bible lesson that day, which was about Noah's Ark. Each of the clues included a Bible verse reference. So with every clue, the girls would look up the verse. They were careful to cover their papers since the first three winners would get a wrapped chocolate from the teacher, Mrs. Palm. The students were allowed to work together on the Bible verses, but they were always cautioned not to share their answers. Oh, I know this one! Penelope began writing furiously after listening to Nora read the part about two of every kind of animal. She wrote the letters P-A-I-R-S in three across. So absorbed in working through the puzzle were they that they didn't notice Juliet Olson sitting at the end of the table, staring at them and looking quite upset. She wasn't saying anything, but her eyes narrowed as the girls read the next passage quietly. She listened intently, trying to make out their words. Still, though, Penelope and Nora, engrossed in the puzzle, took no notice of Juliet. Another minute passed before Mrs. Palm rang the school bell. Signaling that it was time to begin the lesson, Penelope was just filling in the last of the words when she heard the bell and victoriously raced to Mrs. Palm. I'm done! I've got it! She said breathlessly. Oh, great job, Penelope! Let me quickly check your answers. Mrs. Palm quickly scanned Penelope's paper as the rest of the class took their seats and within seconds, Penelope was dubbed the winner. Mrs. Palm handed Penelope her chocolate and then faced the class. Now... Did anyone else complete their crossword puzzle? I am this close, Nora responded. She held her paper up to show that she needed only one more answer. That's great, Nora. How about I still give you a treat if you finish up during the last minutes of class, Mrs. Palm graciously offered. I don't think that's fair to give her extra time. Rules are rules. Nora didn't finish in time, Juliet Olson protested. Now, Juliet, as the teacher, I can determine that. There are only a few students who opt to work the crossword puzzle. So I'm okay with Nora trying to complete it by the end of the class, and if she does, I'll be happy to reward her. Mrs. Palm was patient, but decidedly firm. But Mrs. Palm, I came close too. You didn't offer anything to me. Juliet was growing indignant and sounded like she was on the verge of tears. Well, Juliet, I'm more than happy to reward you and give you the extra time as well. I asked who was close to finishing the crossword puzzle, but you didn't speak up. How close are you? May I see your paper? Juliet held up her paper to reveal that, actually, she had four more words to fill in out of the ten words. Putting Mrs. Palm in a bind, she certainly didn't want to injure Juliet's feelings, but having six of the ten words wasn't close to finishing the puzzle. The class who was now seated and unaware of the difficult decision and the silent prayer that Mrs. Palm was praying was transfixed by the small kerfuffle that had developed and waited to hear the answer. Okay, Juliet, I'm happy to allow you the same amount of time at the end of the class to finish your puzzle. If you finish, I'll certainly reward you as well as Nora. Juliet looked satisfied, 
but she was quite aware that she probably wouldn't finish by the end of class time, but she would try. Mrs. Palm was feeling slightly unnerved and prayed that she would walk in grace in this situation and be able to continue the class. She certainly wanted to be fair and considerate of all the feelings of her students, but handing out prizes to every child would diminish the victor's achievement. She wanted to encourage everyone to take on the crossword challenges. There was already a weekly verse challenge, and everyone who memorized it were rewarded with raffle tickets that would be used for a drawing at the end of the Sunday school term. After leading the class in singing, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and teaching the lesson, Mrs. Palm ended the class. While the students waited for their parents' arrival, Nora and Juliet worked on the crossword puzzle. Pearson and Todd and Penelope stood behind Nora, watching over her shoulder as she worked, with her eyes squinted and her brow furrowed. She was deep in concentration. Juliet sat across from her and only half-heartedly worked on the puzzle. She kept glancing up to note everyone at the other end of the table. She didn't appreciate how it seemed like they were Nora's fan club or something, and it was intimidating to her. But Pearson, Penelope, and Todd didn't notice anything as they silently rooted for Nora. Mrs. Palm, on the other hand, stood beside Juliet and offered to look up all the verses to help her along faster. But Juliet could only figure out two of her remaining words. Nora, though, finally figured out her last word. Yes! I got it! Great job, Dudette! Todd high-fived Nora, and Mrs. Palm smiled as she handed a chocolate candy to Nora. You can do it too, J-Dog, Todd said as he turned to Juliet, who was staring at everyone. I don't want to play anymore, Juliet said. Oh, Juliet, I would love it if you continued. I'll help you. As long as you get it in before your parents walk in, you'll win too, Mrs. Palm encouraged. Yeah, you can do this, Juliet, Pearson added encouragingly. Dejectedly, Juliet picked up her pencil and began trying to work on the third word. But parents began arriving. The Peters, Hicks, and Thompsons were there, in addition to Juliet's parents. Juliet just sat in the chair as Pearson, Penelope, Todd, and Nora began making their way through the door, making sure to thank Mrs. Palm. As the Olsons came in to pick up Juliet, Mrs. Olson noticed that tears were welling up in Juliet's eyes. She immediately ran over. What's wrong, Juliet? Her mom wanted to know. Oh, Mommy, I've tried so hard to win a chocolate, but there wasn't enough time given for me to complete the crossword, pro crossword and, and I was doing it with, with, without any help, and the other kids helped each other. I didn't finish, but I didn't have a chance to. Mrs. Palm was absolutely stunned and horrified by the explanation. She silently prayed a quick prayer that she wouldn't take offense and turned to Mrs. Olson. She explained how the game worked. Well, did the other children get help from each other? Mrs. Olson seemed to have a chip on her shoulder. I, I don't think so, Mrs. Palm answered. Yes, they did. Mrs. Palm, I heard, I, I think I heard them. I, I think they were sharing the answers with each other. And I'm pretty sure they said something mean about me. And I think I heard them call me a dork, Juliet cried out. What? Well, that is just unacceptable, Mrs. Palm. If this is how this class is conducted, I think Juliet will just sit this one out. By now, it was clear that Mrs. Olson was enraged. Oh, Mrs. Olson, please know that I don't know anything about it, but I'll definitely look into the matter. We really want Juliet to continue with us, but I can't justify giving a prize to those who didn't complete the puzzle, Mrs. Palm explained sweetly. Don't you see how upsetting this is for her, Mrs. Palm? And since Juliet tried so hard, I think you can bend the rules for her just this time. Mrs. Olson didn't seem to have any regard for the students, who, like Juliet, hadn't completed the puzzle in the allotted time, 
and not received a chocolate. Oh, Mrs. Olson, how about I extend Juliet's deadline? Because the point is to complete the puzzles. The prize is really just the icing on the cake. But if she brings it back next week and she's completed it, I'll give her a prize as well. Fine. We'll take the puzzle home, Mrs. Palm, and she'll bring it back completed next week. Mrs. Olson grabbed the puzzle and walked out with Juliet, who was clinging to her hand, crying. Mr. Olson padded along behind them silently. In the meantime, the Peters, having just arrived home from church, walked into the house and changed their clothes. Then they all sat down to a giant jigsaw puzzle that they would work on while dinner in the crock pot was simmering. It wasn't too long, though, before the telephone rang. And Mama Peters excused herself to answer it. It was Mrs. Olson, and she wasted no time in giving a lengthy recitation of the cheating accusation and also told Mama Peters about Juliet being called a dork. Mama Peters prayed silently, Lord, let me hear these words from this obviously upset mom. Help me not to interrupt and help me to walk in humility. Give me the response that you want me to say. And in answer to her prayer, Mama Peters came to the end of it and said sweetly, Mrs. Olson, thank you for bringing these things to my attention. I'll definitely chat with Penelope and find out what's going on. I'll have her call you or I'll call you when we've gotten to the bottom of it. With the conversation over, Mama Peters checked the pot roast and walked back into the living room. Who was that, Mama Peters? Daddy Peters asked. Oh, it was Mrs. Olson from church. Darling, can you and I go and sit and have a chat with Penelope in the dining room? Mama Peters asked. Of course. Come on, Nellie, let's go. Daddy Peters responded. Penelope's face grew red hot as she knew that Mrs. Olson must be calling about her. But what had she done? Her mind raced as she tried to figure out what was going on. But she soon knew, because Mama Peters gave an explanation of the phone call. After she finished, she turned to Penelope and gently asked, Nellie, did you cheat? Mama Peters, no, I didn't cheat. We aren't supposed to work with each other on the puzzles, but but we can read the Bible to each other. And and we covered our papers, and that's why Nora didn't even get all the answers until the end. We didn't cheat, Mama Peters. Penelope pled her case. Honey, I absolutely believe you. I think it makes sense to double-check, though. One more thing. Did you girls call Juliet a dork? Or have you ever been rude to her in any way? She says that you stared her down, too. Mama Peters, I don't know what she's talking about. I Truly, I, I've been rude to people before, but I, I wasn't rude to Juliet. I don't think I've even ever said that word. I, I don't ever think of that word, Mama Peters, and I'm not making excuses, but Mama Peters, believe me, but I really don't know what she's talking about with any of it. Okay, Nellie, it's okay. You're not in trouble. I think you need to reach out to Juliet, though, for some clarification. Well, should I uh, apologize? Penelope haltingly asked. Mama Peters and I will have a chat and pray about it and ask the Lord how to move forward in this, Daddy Peters interjected. You go play, honey. Penelope left the room and walked back into the living room where Pearson was still doing the jigsaw puzzle. He had been waiting to hear, curious as to what was happening in the other room. Everything okay, Pen? He asked quietly. Penelope gave Pearson the lowdown. It was obvious that she was upset and bewildered by the accusations that had been leveled at her and Nora. Pearson looked sad for his sister and put his arm around her. I'm sorry, Pen, but don't be sad. It'll get worked out. In the dining room, Mama Peters was looking at Daddy Peters, who had begun speaking slowly. Mama Peters, I don't want Penelope calling and apologizing. 
From where I sit, that would be a disservice to her and a disservice to Juliet. Because the accusations are vague and without merit, it would be better if you were to talk to Mrs. Olson before Penelope talks to Juliet. I understand what you're saying, Daddy Peters, but do you think that Penelope should apologize to Juliet since she is so hurt? I mean, that's something to be sorry for, and it might soften the reception, Mama Peters stated. No, Mama Peters, I don't think so, because it sounds to me like Juliet is acting the part of the victim. She's accused two girls of calling her a name and staring her down and cheating to boot. And you said that Mrs. Olson felt that Mrs. Palm was also complicit because of her stringent rules. Everyone in the church knows Mrs. Palm to be a godly woman, and I am absolutely flabbergasted at the suggestion of her being without grace. Moreover, victims should not be catered to, but rather lovingly called out. It is imperative that you speak to Mrs. Olson in a measured but truthful manner, explaining to her that actually not only does she have the wrong idea about the girls, but also about Mrs. Palm, and that perhaps she is coddling Juliet, who is used to being treated like a victim. It sounds like Mrs. Olson might be the victim of all her circumstances as well. Oh, Daddy Peters, Mama Peters sighed. <sighs> I know you're right. I just don't know if I have it in me to explain all of that. Mama Peters sounded doubtful. Honey, remember, James 520 reminds us that if you bring a brother back from wandering from the truth, you can cover a multitude of sins. Mama Peters, Mrs. Olson is wandering a dangerous path, a path that could put her daughter at the center of her world, along with her daughter's world, rather than Christ. Victims tend to always find more ways to be injured. They don't believe the best about someone, and they don't try to see the other person's side. It is vital that you explain this to her, and it isn't a matter of me just believing Penn because she's our daughter. But Penn is genuine in her insistence, and she's not usually given to calling people names. Plus, Mrs. Olson indicted Mrs. Palm, who is a person of integrity and a real servant, so that gives me all the more reason to think it's Juliet and Mrs. Olson who have the problem. And honestly, I don't know that Mrs. Olson is a teachable person, so she may not take it well. But speaking the truth in love, as Ephesians 4.15 exhorts, doesn't depend on the response. Oh boy. Okay. You're right, Daddy Peters. I'll give Mrs. Olson a call pretty soon. Mama Peters, let's pray about it, and then I think you should call her right away. It's better to call her sooner than later, as she's planning to call Nora's mom. Oh, that's right, Daddy Peters. So maybe you can spare Mrs. Thompson the heartache, Daddy Peters added. He took Mama Peters' hand in his and squeezed it tightly and began to pray. When he finished praying, Mama Peters walked into the kitchen and dialed Mrs. Olson's number. Hello? Mrs. Olson answered. Hi, Mrs. Olson. This is Mama Peters. Yes, I've been expecting you, Mrs. Olson said in a rather haughty tone. Well, Mrs. Olson, I took so long to call back because I had to speak with Penelope and Daddy Peters, and we wanted to pray together before calling you. No problem, Mrs. Olson retorted. And so with that, Mama Peters, though nervous, gave a gracious but truthful rendition of all that Penelope had responded to the accusations, and in a kind, tactful way, she suggested that perhaps Mrs. Olson help Juliet by reorienting her thinking. She also reminded Mrs. Olson that Nora had just become a Christian and that it wouldn't be prudent for Mrs. Olson to call and accuse Nora of the same when Penelope assured them that Nora hadn't been guilty of any of those things. Finally, Mama Peters, after taking a deep breath, 
told Mrs. Olson in no uncertain terms that speaking poorly of Mrs. Palm was not only misinformed, but slanderous. It was a mouthful, and Mama Peters said only as much as she felt prompted to say. There was a moment of silence before Mrs. Olson finally answered with a chilly, Thank you very much. I won't be calling Mrs. Thompson. Goodbye. Mama Peters was somewhat dispirited, and she struggled to hold back tears. Had she been wrong to confront Mrs. Olson? Had she said too much? The situation certainly seemed far worse than it should have been, but she sensed that God was calling her to put off any thoughts about it and put her head down and get dinner on the table. Of course, every few minutes she had to bring her mind back to concentrating on the task at hand, and it wasn't easy. Daddy Peters entered the kitchen to help, and she gave him a brief rundown of the call. They prayed together for Mrs. Olson and for themselves that they would walk in integrity and humility. Knowing it was best to stop talking about it for then, they continued prepping for dinner. After about ten minutes, Pearson, Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla were called into dinner. They were all hungry as horses, but no one sat down to eat, because just as they walked into the kitchen, the doorbell rang. Daddy Peters went into the living room and opened the door. He could be heard saying, well, hello, Olson family, come on in. Mama Peters' heart fluttered, and for the umpteenth time that day, she prayed for grace, knowing that she might catch an earful of anger. Hello, Daddy Peters, Mama Peters, Mr. Olson greeted. We'll be brief. Oh, okay, please sit down. Daddy Peters beckoned for all to sit on the couches. Mama Peters was unable to discern what Mrs. Olson was thinking, and Juliet just stared at her hands. Mama and Daddy Peters, it smells like you'll be eating dinner soon so we don't want to take too much of your time. But Mrs. Olson was very upset after the phone call with Mama Peters. I rarely get involved in these things, but I felt it was necessary this time. What Mama Peters said was very jarring. She basically called my wife and daughter victims. She suggested that they should reorient themselves, and she also said that it was gossiping to talk about Mrs. Palm in the way my wife did. Mr. Olson was methodical and Mama Peters desperately wanted to interject with, Wow, do you have a proud wife and daughter? But she restrained herself. She asked the Lord to keep her from being defensive. And at first, Mr. Olson continued, I comforted my wife, offering empty words. But as we sat there, the Lord prompted me to pray and to pray aloud. And we did. And he brought to mind that this isn't the first time or second or third or even fourth time that Juliet has felt like she was maligned by other kids. In fact, we switched schools for that very reason. There's a pattern in our daughter, and a pattern in Mrs. Olson, and frankly, a pattern in me. Mr. Olson's voice began to fill with emotion. It's a different pattern. It's a path of least resistance pattern. So none of us are helping one another to grow in godliness. And every time my wife has confronted one of Juliet's peers' parents, they would fall all over themselves and apologize over and over. But after that, they would avoid us. And it's a long story to explain. But Mama Peters, you were right. My wife and I didn't confront our daughter's obvious and glaring pattern of sin. We confronted the wrong people. And this time, only this time, you told us the truth. No one else has ever done that before. It was then that Mrs. Olson began to speak. And she too was emotional. Mama Peters, it's true. Everything Mr. Olson has said is 100% truth. She apologized for her part and explained how she had grown so accustomed to feeling victimized that she had never considered that she had victimized others. By now, Mama Peters had tears rolling down her cheeks. 
She reached over to Mrs. Olson and gently squeezed her shoulder, telling her that she understood. Oh, Mrs. Olson, I'm a sinner too. We all have so much ugly sin that is only by the grace of God that he forgives us continuously. And I forgive you. Mrs. Olson returned Mama Peters's hug and nudged Juliet, who then sought out Penelope and apologized to her for all she had done. They explained that they also called Mrs. Palm and apologized for the accusations they had made. After all was said and done, Daddy Peters announced, I can't be the only one who's starving. Who wants dinner? His lighthearted suggestion turned into an invitation, which was accepted without reservation. Dinner that evening was especially delicious, and all at the table ravenously consumed the pot roast and fixings. For as the Bible says in Proverbs 17:1, better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a houseful of feasting with strife. This is Grandmom's Corner. While I was reading my Bible this week, I came to 1 Kings 21, where I read the story of King Ahab and Naboth. I've read the account many times and distinctly remember hearing it from my parents while growing up. As I read the account anew, I couldn't help but notice some parallels between the way Ahab acted and the way Juliet acted. Both played the part of the victim when they didn't get what they wanted. Julia didn't win a piece of chocolate. King Ahab didn't get to buy a vineyard from Naboth, the owner. Ahab really wanted the vineyard, but Naboth refused to sell it to him. The vineyard had been in his family for years, and Naboth was being obedient to God by not selling it, because when the Israelites inhabited the land of promise, God doled out property to each Israelite family. The families were not to sell their land, but to pass it down as an inheritance through the generations. Ahab, though, was an evil man, and he wanted Naboth's property. Listen to how he reacted when he was told no in 1 Kings 21.4. So Ahab came into his house sullen and vexed because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned his face away and ate no food. In other words, like Juliet, King Ahab pouted and sulked when he didn't get his way. The story goes on to tell about how Jezebel, King Ahab's wicked wife, arranged to have Naboth slandered. Vile men lied about Naboth and said that he had cursed God and the king, a crime punishable by death. Naboth was stoned to death for something he did not do. In the end, Ahab stole Naboth's inheritance, and God wasn't pleased. You can read the entire account in 1 Kings 21. So what about you? Do you take no for an answer when your parents won't let you do something you really want to do? Do you take it graciously and accept that your parents know what is best for you? Or, like Juliet and Ahab, do you pout and get angry and lash out at others like Juliet's mom did when she implicated Mrs. Palm, the Sunday school teacher? Think about it. And if you find yourself acting spoiled and entitled, confess your sin to God and ask Him to help you react the way He wants you to react. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.